What are you laughing about, Jamie? <laughs> I'm Jamie. And I'm Charlotte. And you're listening to With, With Relish. Relish. and squeaky <laughs> i'm really excited about this episode because don't sing halloween oh that was quite good actually that's very smooth thank you look at you go um yes oh. we're so excited because we've got a special little halloween themed episode for y'all halloween it's my jam my jellyfish it's everything to me I'm i just so excited I just need everyone to know that um, we're both quite tired, so um, so just if that you know that's all I need to say. That's it. I'm just gonna if leave I it there. How to talk? You know why? That's all I have to say. Um, I feel like at every episode we're like, guys, we're quite tired, but it's because we are. But it's usually it's 2020. It's there are no usually... other feelings. <laughs> I mean, are you allowed any other feelings this year? I mean, despair, frustration, pure annoyance, just at the world. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're actually right. Like, I feel like while this is a food about historical, um, a food about historical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cacolometer just went right up. This is a podcast about historical food, is what I was supposed to say. It is also... Current events. Current events and a diary of (laughs) Jamie and I's current mental health situation. (laughs) I mean, I've been off my meds for a week now, officially. Uh... My my weaning off of my antidepressants has ended. Yay. It, it's, it's been, been a, a pro- I cried this morning it's for no reason. It's been a process for you. <laughs> it's like been months. I had to take it took so long. It's been a long time, but you did it the right way by weaning yeah. yourself rather than going cold turkey. Mental health, guys. Exactly. <laughs> and talk about stuff. God damn it. So much all the stuff. Just talk about stuff out loud. I'm Speaking done now. of which, I'm done now. I'm going first this week. Oh yes, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to talk about some stuff out loud. Yay! Uh, and the first interesting and morbidly named gem that I'm going to talk about today was brought to my attention by one of our listeners who sent it to us on Instagram. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. We listen to you guys. Um, and it is called Drown Baby Pudding. Oh no. You know I love a pudding. Oh, you know I love a creepy name. You're obsessed with anything to do with babies <laughs> and pudding. Like I don't know <laughs> what it is. Just... I think this is the first baby pudding I've talked about. I just no, talk about pudding a lot. No, excuse you. In season one of our podcast, there was a baby in gelatin. Do there you not was, remember this? He was, and then I talked about jelly babies as well. Exactly. <laughs> Because you're nasty. Because <laughs> I'm nasty. Girl, I you're nasty. I don't have an emotional attachment to babies, so I'm like, yeah, let's eat them. Mm. Uh, so this unfortunately named Pud is a close cousin of our beloved Spotted Dick, Ooh. which you can hear about in episode eight. 
So I'm not going to go hugely into the ins and outs of making it because it's really similar. Those were my ears pricking up at the idea of oh, spotted yeah. dick. Sorry, just in case you didn't get that. Charlotte just did this little hand movement with her hands above her head. I was like, I don't know what that is, but people can't see it. But she made like a little meerkat action. As in I was like propping up. I was suddenly very dick. enthused. Did someone say dick? <laughs> oh, kill me so, now. Instead of the dough being wrapped tightly in a cloth during cooking, like spotted dick is, to create a pudding with a firm and kind of relatively dry crust, the drowned baby version is loosely covered in a cloth to create a questionably glutinous surface. Ooh. It was served on ships in the Royal British Navy in the early 19th century, and from what I can tell, uh, from Reddit, it sometimes still is. Ew. And they still call it Drowned Baby. Ugh. It makes it creepier that they're serving it on a boat in the ocean. Yeah. Like, where did you get a baby on a ship full of men? It's making mm. me feel a little bit queasy, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Now, Drowned Baby is mentioned in the books of Patrick O'Brien, who I have never heard of. I've not read any of his books, but I love the following description of his novels from an article in The Guardian, which I will now read. Patrick's books celebrate, over many meals and adventures, the rather sexy intensity of the friendship between Jack Aubrey and Stephen Maturin, the Starsky and Hutch of the Georgian Navy, <laughs> as recreated by Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany in the movie Master and Commander. Okay. All so right. it seems like it's a possibly vague. I've not seen the movie either. Uh, possibly a vaguely homoerotic navy novel series. Um, but having seen a picture of a drowned baby pudding, I'm now just imagining two rugged sailors making heated eye contact over an insipid grey glistening slab of pud. I'm literally just quickly bringing up a. A picture of it. <clears throat> it's because, so um, and it's dotted with dark, wet wrinkles. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. I that, spent time on that description. That is the most disgusting sentence. <gasps> there is someone cradling it in a flannel <laughs> like a small <laughs> child. And it's grey. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, there's a photo of Figgy Duff. <laughs> oh, god. oh god, they're all coming back to they're haunt all us. Related. It's the pudding crew. They're all coming back to haunt us. Oh so, Lord, give me strength. I can totally see why it's called Drowned Baby, because it's such a dead, pale grey. Like it's grey. Yeah. It like looks it's horrific. And it makes me want to gag, and not for the reason that I'd want to be gagging in the company of two hot girls. It is not good right now. It's not good. Like I do not it's, shiny and wet looking yeah. but also pale grey and then it's got those moist raisins poking those out dark, of it dark kind of bleeding out looking raisins <laughs> but you slice this grey monstrosity I want to cry and you serve it with custard or warm cream because Britain <laughs> <laughs> well, like, let's take something grey and put something yellow on it I mean uh yeah, it screams the UK. Um, it's just horrible. I just, I can't. It doesn't even look baked. 
It looks no, like it it's looks just raw. It looks it's raw. just gray, and it's it's the Moist. it's the color that you imagine a corpse being. I that's the thing. That's what I was imagining. Like it's you know, so what, gray. It doesn't <clears> even look like something that could be a pudding because it's so gray. And you know, like um. <clears throat> Sorry, I have something stuck in my throat. I don't have COVID, but I just feel like you know when you see We've someone. We've got zero community transmission right now. So. Yes, but I feel like you know when you see someone who's lost all the color in their face yeah. and they're quite sticky and clammy like looking and who is literally being drowning. Yeah, like it's it's clammy looking. Like you look like you'd touch them and they'd be cold and damp. Yes, damp touch. Sticky. Yeah, mm, that's what it looks like. I am so not okay with anything about this stupid pudding. And the recipe is really simple. <clears throat> so for a four-person serving of drowned baby, what you need is four ounces of plain flour, two ounces of suet, ooh, lots of nutmeg. That is in the recipe. Just lots of nutmeg. Yeah, to mask how fucking gross this is. Half a teaspoon of cinnamon. So lots of nutmeg, not too much cinnamon. And a handful of raisins. And the missing ingredient, a tea towel, so you can swaddle your pudding. Well, it actually says, mix all ingredients and place in a pudding bowl. Put a cloth over the top and tie with a string. Boil for two hours. Fucking boiled bloody puddings, because Britain. Britain. (laughs) I feel like every week I I describe like a gross pudding and it's always from Britain. I know. God damn you, Britain. So that is the grey, uncooked, slightly slug-looking joy that is a drowned baby pudding. I'm... You're welcome. I have never, ever heard of this before. That's the thing. Like, where have... What rock have I been living under? And I couldn't find any information on where it came from. Some of these recipes, though, I find it really hard to get any kind of historical yeah. facts because like all the references are like yeah this is a food i found a few people who are cooks in the navy and they said yep we made this we still make it yeah and then everything else was just to do with these books yeah about the navy i find that like <clears throat> and i've read hundreds of old recipe books i have so many myself but like i literally trawl through these ebook versions of old ass recipe books and still sometimes i just can't find information about them and i'm like these recipes are over 200 years old devil deliver this baby directly unto the royal navy stupid spotty baby in a tea towel (laughs) the devil was like you know what being in the navy is not bad enough. Have a drowned baby pudding. Yeah, have a moist raisin pud and Let's just <laughs> make this worse. <laughs> Gross. But for anyone that's listening, <clears throat> I I definitely think you need to Google drowned baby pudding and have a look at the photo and Google images that I saw <laughs> of someone cradling a baby pudding. <laughs> it's in a tea towel and they're holding it like this, like, like an actual baby. <laughs> like a wee baby pud. Just imagine patting like your baby, imagine patting the pud's butt, like just being like smack, smack, smack. Do you know what I mean? Like no, just holding like no. a pud, just holding the pud like no. this, just like rocking it back and forth. Just slightly wobbling. Kneading it slightly <laughs> to make it extra moist. Oh. Just, let's move on. I let's just can't. <clears throat> what have you got? Well, 
I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so, so when I decided what I wanted to talk about this week, I was like, do I go for like super creepy? Like there's so many ways I could have gone with this. Oh, yeah. You've chosen creepy food, like actual creepy food. That one was very creepy. Yeah. That's fucking gross. Like creepy is an understatement for what you <laughs> just talked disturbing. about. I will have nightmares this evening. Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> um, but I wanted to talk about actual historical Halloween foods. I and hope I'm, we're not talking about... I hope we haven't covered the same foods, because we don't talk about what we're... No, it's always a surprise. At, and so I feel like there's a chance we might be talking about the same food. Okay, well, I will, um, I will let you know what I'm talking about okay. prior, just in case. So typical Halloween foods... I would say, are your things like your caramel and your candy apples, mm-hmm. apple cider, uh-huh. roasted sunflower seeds. Okay, yeah, I'm not talking about any of that shit. I'm not talking about that shit either. Oh, no. We're going we're going old school Halloween food, not your classics now. We might be. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Are you talking about box tea? No. Are you talking about... Bombrack. No. Oh, oh this yes. is why we married. Okay. <laughs> why <Wifey> so <laughs> Okay, so I think maybe I'll just go one after the other. Okay. Or do you want to alternate no, today? Alternate. I love how we discuss this on air. <laughs> Woo! Hi everyone! We don't talk about this beforehand. <laughs> situation. Oh god, I love it. Anyway, um, so I have chosen two classic very traditional Halloween dishes from Ireland. Yeah. I didn't even want to go to America this time. Okay. Okay. I'm proud of you. I know. I just, usually I go to the US because that's, I just love my food from there. And <clears throat> anyway, box tea, B-O-X-T-Y, like a box with tea on the end, <laughs> is a traditional Irish food made of potatoes and it looks like a yummy fucking hash brown. I feel like every food we talk about from Ireland, we would both eat. A hundred percent. Doing with cabbage and potatoes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's, oh, it just looks divine. I even have two photos <gasps> ready for you. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, okay. Traditionally, box tea was made to be eaten at Halloween, but nowadays it's actually bought in many places all over Ireland. Like you can still okay. buy it year round, but it is traditionally created for Halloween. Okay. And cool. eaten around Halloween time, it's made with. Very simple ingredients. Are you alright? Do you need a drink? Sorry, I tried to move away from my microphone while no. I coughed. No, that's fine. I had to make sure people knew I didn't have COVID, so we're good. Um, this is made with grated raw potatoes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> mashed cooked potatoes, mm-hmm. flour to get mm-hmm. that little uh, binding going. Yeah. And it's... It's it's all sort of mushed together for a texture that's part hash brown, part pancake. It's that like a hybrid. It's like a sexy potato hybrid. <laughs> it's one of those recipes that was never ever measured. So like stuff was just chucked in left, right, and center. Like of- yeah, it was mixed up. It was shaped, and then it was cooked. And you would often I saw um, in recipes it was shaped, and then into like little pancakey type hash brown shapes. Boiled and oh. then fried. And it didn't twice cooked. Nah, nah, apparently not. They they huh. still looked intact. I totally thought it would be <clears> hot. 
No, and it's traced back to pre-famine times when potatoes were plentiful and the main source of food in Ireland, obviously. They ate mm-hmm. a lot of taties. Um, it's been suggested that boxty was a way of adding a bit of variety to that constant diet of boiled spuds. So, like, if like you're eating spuds you all day, every spuds. day, you got to dress those spuds up sometime. Mm-hmm. you got to make those taties taste a little different because yeah. eating boring fucking white un spiced spuds is gonna yeah it's gonna get you down yeah you gotta you're you gonna, gonna be moody fry that potato up mm, i mean there's not yeah there wasn't a lot going on you know the the weather's not that great in ireland it's a bit gray and overcast then you're eating white gray spuds or like you just you're living in this gray world you gotta <laughs> spice it up with some box tea okay okay I'm, I'm there for it yeah exactly i love potato but like even that would annoy me i after feel like i could eat mashed potato every day Yes. As long as it's salty. Yes, you've got to have it seasoned. Mm. Um, and you've got to get creative with it sometimes. A la boxty. So um, the images I saw of this recipe while researching it showed, yeah, boxy being prepared, boiled, and then fried, sometimes in bacon fat. Oh, fuck. Yes. But I, I have a jar of bacon fat in my fridge. Every time you? I cook bacon, I pour the fat into a jar and I save it to mix into other things. One? It is gross, but two, I love it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, And I also read, so yeah, sometimes it was made with bacon fat to add that extra salty Mm. flavor. flavor. And then I also read that it was thrown in a dish and baked over hot coals as well. So it's like cooked a different few ways. Um, Another thing and this blows my mind, but traditionally it was never made with cheese. Cheese was not a thing. Like well, I you don't didn't. Think they had cheese. Dairy was really expensive. It was very expensive. So traditional box tea doesn't have cheese in it, but of course, in this day and age, many recent Fuck recipes yeah, have cheese, cheese and it it's, cheese. it will often come with things like cheese and spring onions oh, sprinkled yes. over it, and Yum. it's like a proper little thing now. Oh, I want this. Yeah. Um. So it's quite delicious sounding, and it goes way, way, way back. It's quite a historic thing, um, and it was traditionally eaten around Halloween, and that's that's mm. it. Yeah. Oh, I want that. I uh, want that for breakfast. And that's the thing. It's sometimes eaten with breakfast. You could have it as a little snack. You could have it as oh. a side with, like, dinner and stuff. You could have it with, like, your traditional sort of cooked breakfast. Um, there's an old Irish rhyme that I found that says, and you're going to love this, boxty on the griddle, boxty on the pan. If you can't make boxty, you'll never get a man. <laughs> That's so terrible. Oh, God. I love that. I hate That sounds like something my I both hate it and love it. Because she is a food person. I know. I, how old school is it, though, that it's like, well, shit, girl, if you can't make box tea, then how you ever expect to fight a husband, you know? Look, if you can't make good potatoes, mm. I wouldn't marry someone who couldn't fit. I mean... That's how James found a woman, as he cooked for me. And I was like, yes. Yes, food. Hello. Yeah, exactly. I think it's so... Cook for me. Like, he's cooking us dinner tonight. It's both a sign of the times, though, isn't it? Mm. You'll never get a man if you can't cook I mean, I'm a hard tea. man to get, so... Mm. Yeah. you got to cook for me. Exactly. Um, and I'll leave you with a tip. Box tea should never, ever, ever be made with those waxy potatoes. Oh no. You need to make it with floury potatoes that explode into puffs of cloudy like mash. Mashing potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Little tip right for you. For the job. Little tip for you. Mmm. Mm. That's me. I'm keen. 
Well, my next food is soul cake. I'm sorry. I'm very interested in this. Yes. And much to my disappointment, you don't sell your soul cake to the devil in exchange for your actual soul back or anything like that. Oh, my God. Like the road, what is it? The crossroads. The crossroads. Um, what's his name? Sold his soul to the, the devil. Yes. Fuck, I love that documentary <laughs> on Netflix. God, his name. I've completely lost his name. I know the one you mean. Oh, this is terrible. I'm going to remember it after this podcast and I'm going to be pissed off. Anyway. Anyway, a soul cake, also known as a soulless cake, which I also love because it sounds more witchy. It does. It does. Is a small round cake traditionally made by Christians for Halloween, All Saints Day, or All Souls Day, Mm -hmm. to commemorate the dead. The cakes, often just called souls, were given out to soulers, uh, usually children and the poor, and considered often the original trick-or-treaters, who would go from door to door during the days of All Hallowtide, singing and saying prayers for the souls of the givers and their friends. So basically bribing people to pray for your immortal soul because organized religion is good like that. Oh my god. So it's like, I'll give you this cake if you pray for me not to go to hell. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. And in case you're wondering what All Hallow Tide is, because mm. I won't. Yeah, same. It's the Hallow Mass season. What? How fantastic does the Hello Mass season sound? I'm so intrigued. So the Western Christian Hello Mass season encompasses the Tritum of All Saints Eve, which is Halloween. Yeah. All Saints Day, also known as All Hallows. Yeah. And All Souls Day. And together they create the Hello Mass season. Wow. Honestly, like, just when I feel like I know everything there is to know about Halloween and the origins of it, something else blows my mind. I just really want to make, like, a little shirt that says, like, Happy Hello Mass. I love it so much. You should. You should make pins. Like, how cute is that? So cute. Yeah. And so the giving of soul cakes dates back to the medieval period in England. And both the Protestant and Catholic churches observed the practice until the 1930s. That is so cool. Which I guess is the point where they were like, yo, we got candy. What are they called? Soul cakes. Soul cakes. So soul cakes are still given out and eaten in some countries today, uh, including Portugal, where it is known as Palpodiu, and occurs on All Saints Day and All Souls Day, as well as the Philippines, where it is known as Wait for my terrible pronunciation. Hangangalua. What? Hangangalua? Nice. You tried? Someone please correct me because I'm pretty sure that's wrong. And uh, in the Philippines, they're given out on All Hallows Eve. I love. I'm just having a real quick look at what soul cakes look like. They kind of look like little Beckys. Yeah. Like, they're not cakey. Nah, they actually look more like a sort of like a raised puffy biscuit. Yeah. Like what we would call a raised sort of biscuit. So, yum. In the United States, once the 1930s rolled around, some churches started offering people candy during All Hallows Tide uh, in return for them coming to church and praying for their souls and friends or relatives. So, once again, little blood bribery. Um, among Catholics and Lutherans, some parishioners would have their soul cakes blessed by a priest. That's so Before cute. taking them home to hand them out to children, who in return would promise to pay for the souls of their deceased relatives, mm. especially during the month of November, 
which is a month dedicated especially to praying for holy souls. Wow. And any leftover soul cakes uh, were shared by distributing them among like family, extended family, or they were given to the poor. I want to make some soul cakes. Yes, and apparently in some places they also left some cakes out for the dead on October 31st, Mm -hmm. which to me seems kind of like a ghosty version of leaving cookies out for Santa. Yes, actually, that's what I was thinking. have you left your soul cakes and milk out for your great aunt Mildred? Yeah, exactly. Like, if she comes, you know, snooping around looking for you, then at least she's got something to nibble on, you know? she's got a little snack. I love it. Um, And Solas which is what the original trick-or-treaters were called, had a weird little poem to ask for them, what? which I will now badly recite for you. Okay. So it goes as such. Yeah. Soul cake, soul cake, these good myths is a soul cake, an apple, a plum, a peach, or a cherry, any good thing to make us merry. One for Peter, one for Paul, and three for him who made us all. <gasps> so obviously Peter and Paul being... Apostle? Disciple? Something like I that. I should know yeah. this. I went to church for a very long time. Clearly did not pay attention. You were too busy probably eating soul cakes. <laughs> um, Damn, I wish that's... I had soul cakes. And then obviously three for God, because apparently he hungry. Oh my God. Um, That is hilarious. Yeah. And so, what exactly is a soul cake? Sadly, it is not an edible prison containing the soul of one's enemy. Aww. That was my first choice. Kind of disappointed it. that no actual souls are harmed in the making of these cakes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but Eleanor Fetterplace's 1600s recipe book rounded up the making of soul cakes into one extremely long sentence. The sentence is going to make your eye twitch. Hit me. Take flour and sugar and nutmeg and cloves and mace and sweet butter and sack and a little ale balm. Beat up your spice and put in your butter and your sack cold. Then sack. work it well all together and sack. make it in little cakes. And so bake them. If you will, you may put in some saffron and fruit. What is sack? Dunno. But that's one sentence. That's not good grammar, are, Susan. Or um, whatever your name is. There's a lot of ampersands and no full stops. What's her name? Uh, Eleanor Fetterplace. Eleanor? Go to fucking school and Take stop eating soul cakes, woman. Uh, I can tell you what Christ ale almighty. balm is, though. What is it? Because I didn't know this. It's a yeasty mixture of flour and ale, and the beer yeast it contains is what makes the soul cakes rise. Oh, I Sometimes see. the top of the cake was marked with a cross yeah. to represent an alm because they were given to the poor. Wow. Alms for the poor. I love it. Um, that's so interesting because I literally just looked at soul cakes imagery on Google and I was like, why? They do have cute little crosses just etched yeah. in the top, like with a knife or something. Yeah. Huh. So there we go, the original trick-or-treater food. That is so interesting. And so originally, apparently, the giving out of food during, what was it, Hallow Mass season was just to bribe people. To pray for your relatives' souls and your soul. How crazy is it to think about what Halloween and trick-or-treating is now? And, like... It's just this massive commercial holiday to buy pumpkin-themed shit and eat candy and dress up. Yeah, and, like, this will have come 
from the original pagan holiday. Yeah. And so it's like a perversion of a perversion of a holiday. Yeah. It's so... Humans are so weird. Theft. Just cultural theft. Like... Everywhere. All the time. Religion stealing from religion, stealing from religion, stealing from religion. Like, it's just this theme. But I mean, as long as they give me cookies. As long as I get pumpkin-themed things... As long as Including I can go to food. the store and buy a cobweb tablecloth <laughs> that I use all year round. Oh, yes. That's the thing, eh? And it's, like, such a theme within our friends group as well, I think, in, like, the vintage and pin-up community. Yeah. So many of us are just, like... I mean, like, I'm not definitely... I am on the outskirts of liking Halloween compared to some of us and our friends. Like, you yeah. are obsessed with Halloween. Yeah. Girlfriends of ours are obsessed with Halloween. Some of the women I know in America, I'm just like, holy shit. My but, dream is to go to American Halloween and go to um, Walmart and whatever that big craft shop is. God, because yeah. every year I see these amazing pictures. Of the all stuff these, they like, get. Adorable, like ceramic mugs with cobwebs on them mm. and tea towels with cute Halloween stuff. And they're so cheap. So Whereas cheap. We get nothing here. Nah. It's not a big deal. Their here department at all. stores are full of like really cool like, Halloween y stuff I that would we just, just would go never there see. and set up my house and be like, this is my stuff now. Yeah, exactly. There, are, there is no other stuff. I know. And like the funny thing is as well is that I feel like I am dressed like a witch 90% for of 70% the of the year anyway. And then everyone's like, well, it's October. I get to dress like witches, and I'm like, oh god, that's my wardrobe normally. Like, like, yeah, because I look at my wardrobe, and sometimes I get that, you know, douchey do bro comment from people that's like, oh, it's not Halloween, and I always just want to be like, well, what's your excuse for your face? Yeah, exactly. Fools. Like I, I realize I did dress myself this morning. I know I look like this. Exactly. It's like clearly intentional. I got it's dressed May. with like, the light on. You fool. Unlike you. Yeah. Wearing socks with sandals over there. Yeah. And you... You rolled up fucking chinos. I was going to say you stupid rolled up pants, but you got there first. Boat shoes. (laughs) Oh, God. We're so awful. Can we stop? Yeah. (sighs) Um, Okay, so my next food. My next food is farm brack. I know, it's such what? an odd little That's term, such isn't a it? It's a funny little name. Yeah, it's it sounds quite strange. like a plant that you put on a bruise. I know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't know why that got me so good, but it Neither did. Neither do I, but I'll take it. I'll take any life I can get. Oh, kill me now. Okay, so balm brack, often shortened to brack, which I don't appreciate as much. I like balm brack. It's basically a small loaf of bread. However, it's got added sultanas and raisins to it. Oh, I, lo- I know you love raisins. Uh, they're my personal fave. How did you know, <laughs> darling? It looks very similar to Christmas cake, but it is okay. more bready and lighter in colour and weight. Okay. And it's flatter. So it's kind of like a fruit loaf <clears throat> in a cake shape? Kind of. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You serve it up in really thick slices with lots of butter and of a cup of warm tea. Tea? Tea. I'm so on board because there's tea. A cup of tea. And now, why is this dried fruit speckled bread synonymous with Halloween, darling? Why, well, why? I'm glad you asked. Many, many moons ago, Halloween also coincided with the harvest. Mm-hmm. When locally grown fruits would be gathered to make the Christmas cakes. This was a way to preserve the fruits, you know, to prepare for the Christmas, the coming months, the winter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it was a great luxury to be able to preserve these fruits and to have them last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The eggs as well, which were obviously free range, they were also seasonal and it would be much scarcer as the winter months rolled on, same as butter, things like that. So, anything that was preparing. You know, they didn't have our weirdly forced year-round production of dairy and eggs and stuff. Exactly. And storage. Yes. Ways to store these things safely as well. Um, So the balm brack, in a sense, was a taster and a special treat at that time of the year. And the promise of Christmas was coming. So it was kind of like a little, like a special thing that you'd make at this time of the year and it was almost like a signifier of like the it, the the colder months are coming, Christmas is coming, the Christmas season, the season is, is coming. Us. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of like what we've got to start preparing fruits and things like Here's that. A little bribe to get you through we've to been, the middle of winter. Yeah, nibble on this and start working on getting those fruits done. You know. Yeah. Um, the Irish term for this is now. Excuse my pronunciation. Beer and break, which. Baron, Baron brick, meaning speckled bread. So obviously bread. indicating, yeah, that the fruit was scarce in the loaf. There wasn't much of it. There was little bits of fruit sort of speckled throughout. It wasn't like a Christmas cake where it's literally like packed. Fruit, 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 fruit. Yeah, just packed in there. It was like the occasional fruit. It was. It was just dotted in there, you know? Um, and the cute part. Originally, the inclusion of little charms were baked into the bread, and this meant that the fortune of the recipient so basically like the charms were baked in there were a few different types and whatever you got in your piece signified a piece of your future so it was almost like a little bit of a fortune teller type thing that seems to be a theme because we've talked about quite a few puddings and cakes it is a thing especially from ireland and england that have had charms baked into them yes people just wanted i guess you know you've got no tv you're stuck with your family all the fucking time it was entertainment you just needed a little bit of an entertainment with your food yes exactly and hold that thought because we're going to come back to that in a sec um in the balm brack tradition there was always a pea, a stick, a piece of cloth, stick. a small coin, and a ring. And each item, when received, when, you know, you bit into it by accident and broke your damn tooth, was supposed to carry a meaning to the person that got it. So, okay. for example, and I don't know how absolutely accurate this is with the meanings and stuff, but you kind of get the gist. So, if you got the pea, then you would not be getting married that year. If you got the stick, you would be having an unhappy marriage or oh. continuously be in disputes. That sucks. If you got the cloth or the piece of rag, you would have very bad luck and you'd be poor. These all seem like terrible things. The coin, however, would make you have good fortune or you would quite possibly be rich. And the ring 
is the one that you really wanted, and that means you'd be getting married that year. Mm. Goals. Hashtag goals. goals. It seems like there's three that are like, your life's going to suck, and yeah. then two that are like, you might not be miserable. Yeah. But so, only if you get married. The person who got the ring was meant to place it under their pillow when they would dream of the person that they would marry. What happens if they're already married? Does that mean their husband's going to die so they can get remarried? I don't know. I Honestly, I've got no idea. But the ring is still usually included in a balm rack today. Though it's definitely still seen as, like, obviously more of a fun thing rather than a... Like how you like, can peel an apple and throw the peel over your shoulder and see what letter it makes. Exactly. It doesn't make a fucking letter. I've <clears> tried many times. Yeah. I used to do this with my nana. you got to get creative because it does not make a letter. That's so funny. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting that you can still buy balm bracks today. Like, you can buy one for yourself and it oh, yeah. will usually... In some, I don't think they all, I don't think all places who make and sell them would put the ring inside. I feel like now you'd get in trouble for like a health and safety issue. I think it, people could choke. I think it has to have some sort of labeling on it. it Caution, says, ring inside there's somewhere. There's a non edible item in this. Food. Exactly, yeah. And then to circle back, this baking weird charms into cakes thing is also something that I've seen in New Orleans. I think I've told you about king cakes. Yes, yes, you have. Yeah, so in king cakes, they're super, super, you can buy them year round, but obviously in specific places, but obviously um, once sort of December Jan hits, which is around Mardi Gras, when Mardi Gras season starts, that's when king cake comes out. And it's like this brioche coffee, cinnamony type thing. And it's usually decorated with like purple, green, and yellow icing. Yeah, and your typical Mardi Gras comes down, comes with not a ring, but it's always got a plastic baby inside it. Oh, is that where the baby comes from? Yeah, yeah. So the plastic baby, and of course, it's all to do with. Jesus. Yeah. So religion. I'm not sure you should be cooking plastic, but yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like um well the thing is is I think it's chucked in after it's been cooked. Oh, I think it's like push it in. I think they've like squeezed it in somewhere. Okay. Yeah. They just insert the baby. They just put on a rubber glove, I'd hope, and slot the baby in somehow. Just reverse birthing. <laughs> Just squeeze that baby the in sound somewhere. Of a baby piercing the crust it's in a being, cake. It's being unbirthed. <laughs> Reverse birth. Gross. That poor baby. That poor brioche. Poor baby's being, being molested. <laughs> like the baby's just going in somewhere cozy. I mean, I wouldn't mind just being in covered in cake, but that cake's like, what Same. are you doing? I know. How Don't dare you, you prod me? me. <laughs> Pregnant me with your plastic baby? <laughs> oh God! And this is why I podcast with you. But anyway, that's my interesting. I feel like little... we're getting slightly manic. I know. I think you've had way too much energy drink, and I just drank a Barocca, and now I'm like bl- blasting off to the damn moon. Yeah, I drank <laughs> half a liter of energy drink. Charlotte went to get a glass of water and came back, and she's like. I've taken one of your barocas. Like, okay. <laughs> I was fading Just fast. A, a casual afternoon vitamin drink. <laughs> <laughs> Just on a Sunday, darling. You know you're getting older when you have to have a barocca on a Sunday. Not even in the morning. Just like <laughs> at 6.30 p.m. at night. <laughs> uh, okay. So what happens when you hit your dirty 30s. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so shit. Charlotte. Mm. 
would you eat just with relish? Um, no. Oh, no. you know what? I would absolutely eat a the, f- the boxty. Yeah, I would eat boxty with relish. I, I would reckon eat... that'd be like some cheddar cheese and some relish. Yum. Yes, and some ma'am. chopped chives on top. Oh, I fucking or some chopped some spring, spring onions. onions. Spring I love onion. spring onions and yep. potato. Yes, I definitely would mm. eat some boxty with uh, relish. I would not put relish near my um your soul cake yeah nah nah <laughs> yeah yeah nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> no thank you i feel like i'd i'd give soul cake because it, it's like it's kind of like a thick crackery biscuity thing i'd give that a go with relish but maybe like a plowman's relish like a sweet relish mm, true but i don't think i could do relish and icing together Nah, that's a no. little. There's a little too much going on there. It's I just think. a lot. There's, there's too many flavors hitting your tongue at once. Mm, and a plastic baby. And a plastic baby to fend <laughs> off as well. Like I don't want a fend off. Like I'm just imagining my tongue growing tiny arms and being like, no, get away, <laughs> get away. Your taste buds are like, that's too much. Get that baby out of here. <laughs> fend off the baby. <laughs> 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 Stand on it. Stand on that, baby. <laughs> Click that too fast. We need to stop. Yeah, we should go now. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Oh, am I? <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. You, do the you do the damn shameless plug. I'll do it. Please. Go for if gold. If you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, <laughs> if you're completely ambivalent, please rate, review, and subscribe us on your podcasting provider of choice be that stitcher iHeartRadio, spotify itunes the old lady sitting next to you on the bus with her headphones way too loud just rate review and subscribe us it really helps other people find this madness so go and refer it to people that you like people that you don't like if you think it's annoying make them listen to it yes get in there and like if you have people who love halloween send them even just this episode to like introduce them you know they might want some box day or some soul cake if we've completely fucked up a pronunciation of a word tell us tell us as well send us on instagram or facebook a little voice recording of you saying it properly slide into our dms because please do because we love nothing more than random strangers telling us off in our dms i actually do love it it's like it's a the weird learning lounge. yeah it is the learning lounge is a massive massive thing for us because we literally one do not take ourselves too seriously and two love learning and being corrected when we get shit wrong which is often because we're just two bitches talking shit in my studio and we tr- <laughs> we try but we do fuck up sometimes oh yeah so appreciate being correct being corrected <laughs> that was deliberate don't fucking tell me off for that yes you <laughs> appreciate cool whip. cool whip cool whip and on that note goodbye and thank you bye. for listening bye happy halloween <laughs> happy halloween to you i'm gonna go now <laughs>